Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, and hello to you watching on YouTube. This is the second podcast I've actually put out on YouTube, and today I want to talk about a situation that's been happening in our midst, and if you listen to the last podcast, you'll know that I'm talking about some things that have happened to the church. We've we've seen Carl Lentz, the fall of Carl Lentz, Ravi Zacharias after he has passed away. There's some things that have come to light now and have been brought before us all of some things that were hidden in his life when it comes to sexual sin and different things like that. And we've seen uh, many things happening. We've seen uh, the Roy's report come out with an exposure, quote unquote, of John MacArthur and some things that have happened at the seminary there and as well as within Grace Community Church. And I want to kind of keep that going because as a result of the Roy's report, it started a bunch of dialogue between some folks, and this thing really got nasty really quickly. And And I think the title that I want to kind of go by with this podcast or this episode today is The Church Has a Black Eye. Now, everywhere we turn, it seems like recently, the church is experiencing turmoil. There's always something brand new that is happening in the life of a church. And as we said on the last episode, there are people watching the church. There are people watching everyone, right? We all are observant people, most of us. And and people are observing, especially unbelievers, people that may have found themselves in a church before, maybe when they were younger that had uh, a bad thing or something transpire that was Uh, basically left a bad taste in their mouth and they haven't been back to church since, are now watching the church and everything that's going on within the church. And unbelievers are even watching people that profess Christ and watching how the church is acting. And every time there's a new scandal, every time there's some more drama, it just adds to their list of reasons to suppress the truth that we see in Romans chapter 1. People suppress the truth of God and they they know there's a God. They are, they are not left without excuse, but they suppress that truth because they are, they are carnal men who love their sin. And when something like this happens in evangelicalism, it just gives another reason to add to the weight of already the things that they have suppressed when it comes to the things of God. So this, really, the things that are happening in the life of Christendom and, and evangelicalism is, is really a black eye on the church because... The church is really taking a beating from the things that we see happening. And I, when I refer to the church, I mean both the local church in its local context as well as the universal church, which is God's universal church, every believer that is part of the universal church. And today I want to talk about this black eye that your church has received recently and carry that into and try to tie it into unity because I think that we have overlooked unity in this in the quest to be right. And what I mean by that is recently as as just as recent as this weekend I have watched a uh, a, a YouTube chat take place back and forth calling people out, calling people names. These are two professing believers, one just went on the offensive and and was very rude and angry and I might just say obnoxious and kind of 
left a, a bad taste in my mouth watching it and listening to it. Matter of fact, I was finishing it up earlier today, and my wife was in here with me, and she said, what's, what's, what's going on? And I kind of told her, I was, you know, I said, remember the Roy's report about John MacArthur and all the things that have happened concerning that and the interview that we watched with her uh, a couple of weeks back. This is kind of stemming from that, is there's a lot of people that have a lot of different thoughts, a lot of emotions on both sides of that coin, whether they're in agreement with the Roy's report or whether they're in disagreement with it. There are people on both sides that have strong feelings, emotions, and they are willing to talk about it. And these are people that are professing believers in Christ. Now, let me say this. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be angry. But we, for the sake of unity in the body and for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, should not let these things divide us. I believe I mentioned it on the last episode. Is We, we tend to let things divide us and that's another black eye or another stain against the church, if you will. As the world watches... It seems like the church is crumbling. However, I know and believe that God's church will not crumble. It will prevail. His word tells us that. And God is going to get the glory through everything that's happening right now in evangelicalism. And people that call themselves Christians acting as if they have never read the scriptures. And it's interesting that I watched men or watched a man profess to be a Christian and he used scripture correctly, and then he overlooked many other scriptures about being angry and not sinning and not letting the sun go down in your anger and calling people names and name-calling and bashing and things like that and thinking he's right and being very arrogant and prideful in his conversations. Now, here's the way I want to talk about these things today, is if we have disagreements with one another, and this really goes if you have a disagreement with a believer or an unbeliever, but especially those in the church. If you have a disagreement with somebody in the church and you have a frustration with somebody in the church, there's no sense in getting on social media or getting on YouTube and and, and blasting one another. That's not what the scriptures teach us because when we do that, we begin to drive a wedge And that's not unity. That is disunity, and that's dysfunction in the body, and that's not what God calls us to do. God calls us to be unified. He calls us to be a God-glorifying, Christ-exalting, unified body of believers for the sake of the gospel and the building up of one another, and so we can go out and evangelize the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. When we get caught up in things that we disagree with, We could get sent down a rabbit hole, so to speak, where we spend so much time on what we're listening to. So many times, so many, so many times, so much time can be spent on debates and arguments and trying to be right and trying to sound right and trying to win arguments when that is not what we're called to do in the scriptures. Within these disagreements, there are times where there is going to be sin present. And anytime there is disunity in the body, it's usually, if not all the time, caused by some sort of sin. So we must reconcile one to another. I believe that that's, I don't believe, I know, that is why church discipline is so important. So when when somebody has sinned against us, Jesus tells us to go to that person and tell him their faults. And that doesn't say get on YouTube and blast everybody and tell everybody to 
come on and debate and, and, and throw everybody under the bus. It doesn't say go on social media and start a social media firestorm. Church discipline gives us a role that if you are a brother or sister in the body of Christ and have issues with one another, you go to them privately first, and then if you can't get it squared away and there's no repentance, take two or three witnesses with you and eventually bring it before the church. And if you're if you're part of the universal church in this, I don't know what that looks like specifically. I, I wish I could give you a direction, but I still don't think it's to get on social media and name call across the aisle to one another. As a matter of fact, Galatians chapter 6 tells us this. It says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual. Now, these are believers. You who are spiritual. You who are believers in Christ should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not of his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. And we are told to bear with one another. We are told to restore one another gently in a spirit of gentleness not kicking the man while they're on the floor, not calling him out on social media, not having YouTube debates and firestorms and just getting nasty. If you claim to be a believer, if there is an issue, God has told us how to handle that issue through the form of church discipline, through the form of going to a brother and restoring them gently. We have a history in the church of not restoring gently, but being divided harshly. We want to speak harshly to one another. And listen, I will tell you this, as a young believer, as a young pastor, I've had to learn this. I've had lessons and having to grow on this. I've had firsthand experience of my attitude and the things that I've said really quickly without thinking and the way I've used my tone and the way my face has looked. I've come across as being angry and argumentative and divisive. And I've had to work on that over the years to where I'm, I feel like God is working in me and that I can just sit and patiently have a good conversation, even if it's tough. And that's not of my own doing. It's all the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Without those things, I would never be able to have a gentle conversation with somebody that has wronged me or somebody that I have wronged that is approaching me for forgiveness. And then while we're on the subject of forgiveness, we see in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus tells us how to pray, he throws in there, and forgive us our debt as we too have forgiven our debtors. So when somebody has a, a disagreement, that doesn't mean we're in sin because we disagree. We are in sin when we cross the line and we start name-calling and throwing all these accusations out there and just being argumentative and angry and frustrating and all of these things. You put all those things together, and that's when it really gets dangerous. And that's when really the church begins to get this black eye. But if we were to do it biblically, if we were to handle things biblically, then things would do and grow and be as they should be within the body. There is no reason that men and women who are believers in Christ should ever be argumentative, that we should ever be divisive, 
because that is exactly what the enemy wants. He wants to destroy the church from within, and we are allowing that to happen on many, many levels. The Bible teaches us that we should keep watch on ourselves, so that means we should, when we're tempted, we go to the Lord in prayer. When somebody wrongs us, we do what Jesus says, where I was headed with Matthew chapter 6, we forgive them. We don't throw a punch. We don't throw names. We forgive them. When they seek forgiveness, you're forgiven. It's done. No questions asked. Unfortunately, we have a or this idea in our world that tells us we have to be right. We There's no way that we can bow down and say, you're right, I'm wrong, I'm sorry. That is the hardest thing for us to do. But as believers, that should be the easiest thing that we should do is to talk through the issues and for the sake of the glory of God, for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we should be able to find common ground, we should be able to apologize, we should be able to forgive, and we should be able to ask for forgiveness. The Bible's clear that if we ask for forgiveness to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. We love that, but we must not forget that Jesus in Matthew 6 calls us to forgive our debtors, those that have wronged us, those that have hurt us. Because he goes on to say, if we forgive others, God will forgive us. But if we don't forgive others of their sin, our Father will not forgive us of ours. So I think that through all of the frustration, all of the division, we have to keep in mind the glory of God. We have to understand his word that If we sin, we need to seek reconciliation and forgiveness. And if we've been sinned against, we must forgive and be unified together. I feel like that we've missed and overlooked unity in the church for the sake of being right. We are a really quick people, especially when we try to be as biblical as we can. Or uh, I don't like to use camps or, or, or terms, but those that are in or lean more reformed in their theology, have a real easy time at targeting prosperity gospel or targeting the seeker-sensitive movement and really putting those things out there and how they're wrong and how we should stay away from those things. And it's easy to do that, but at the same time, we're so slow to recognize the own divisions that we're causing right in our churches as believers because we have to be right. That is something that we have got to get out of our thinking. We don't have to be right. It's okay to be wrong. I tell people often that I I hope that I have the ability to fail. Now, that doesn't mean that I want to fail. That doesn't mean that I'm going to try to fail. But if I do fail, give me the opportunity to learn from my mistakes so I will not do that again. We all are going to fail, but we need to show grace to one another. We need to walk with one another understand one another. Listen, we are all living in this fallen world where we're rubbing elbows and shoulders with people every day that are fallen just like you and I. So it's only natural that we're going to find ourselves upset and frustrated at times, but we got to keep the unity of the church in mind if we bear the name of Christ. We have got to stop defaming the name of our God for the sake of ignorant things. Now, I'm the first to tell you, if something's off, then go to that person, call it out. There, there's, there's healthy biblical ways. We've talked about that. But we must not forsake unity 
for our own desires. I want to read to you Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1. This is Paul, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling and to which you have been called with all humility. Humility, be humble. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Do you guys hear that? Do you guys see the beauty in what Paul is saying here when he's talking about us striving for unity in the church? Yes, there are times when things need to be exposed. Yes, there are times when things need to be talked about. There are times when things need to be discussed. But like I said last time, we have these easy go ready made microphones. See, I just hit mine, knocked it up in the air. We have cameras. We have platforms like YouTube and Facebook and all of these other things out there where we can just get on, hit a touch of a button, and we have a we have a target audience. We can get on there and talk to thousands of people at any given time, and they can hear all of our grievances. We can air all of our dirty laundry. All of these things go out, and yet here we are, bearing the name of Christ, overlooking unity. Let's look at this again. Paul is urging us to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. If, you, if you're a Christian, we should humble ourselves to do just that, to walk in grace and love and humbleness with one another. And he goes on to say this, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. We, I have seen this weekend two brothers in Christ argue for two hours and get nowhere, only to have comments show up on this platform to say, you two should have handled this offline. This was not productive. This didn't do anything. It didn't go anywhere. It didn't change each other's minds. And there is still a division in the church. Now, I'm not going to say, or, or with, between these two brothers. Now, I'm not going to be the one that gets on here and calls out names. Some of you that listen or may watch may know exactly who I'm talking about or what I, what I've, I am referring to. But I am not going to share names. I'm not going to do those things because the first thing that one of those guys is going to do is tell me to cam up or shut up. Now, I think that's dangerous when it comes to brothers and sisters in Christ. I understand that you want to defend your position, and we're all like that. That is our default, our human nature to do that. But listen, if you find yourself at odds or in a disagreement or with you have frustrations, maybe something somebody said or somebody has written on a blog, or maybe you've seen a video. Maybe you have issues with my video. If you have issues with this video or this podcast, I would rather you send me an email, and we can exchange numbers, we can talk, we can email, whatever we need to do. But if you have an issue with anything that I've said on here or anything that I've done, the biblical response is to go to that person one-on-one, not get online and, and blast each other. And that's why I don't want to say names or anything like that because I'm not here to blast anybody. What I'm here to do is for you that are, that are listening and you that are watching on YouTube, I want you to understand and I, I want me to understand that we have got to keep the unity of the church 
at the forefront of our minds. It's been put on the back burner for so long. There are so many churches that are dysfunctional right now. They are not unified, and that is not what God has called us to do. So I want to beg and plead with you that if you have any sort of disagreements, please reach out to those people, whether that be in your local context of your local church or somebody online that you may be at odds with. That's why I've pulled way back off of the online stuff and the social media stuff is because there's way too many voices out there that can compete with one another and, and, and really drag each other through the mud. There's been situations in my life, even in my own home context, where, where sin has just kind of started eating away at different things in different areas, and then we get this like frustration about us and this pridefulness about us, even in myself, and I start seeing things through different colored lenses as opposed to a biblical lens, and I let that view distort the view and, 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 and the, the word in which we're called to live by, the standard that we're called to live by. So I can easily let my emotions and have let my emotions and let my thoughts of somebody or a situation determine how I carried myself and and the actions that I put forth. Because when I'm looking through something other than a biblical lens, it always leads to more dysfunction, disunity, and heartache, which is not what God has called us to do. He has called us to be unified, to give him glory, to exalt Christ, to build each other up, to evangelize the world, to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. So if we are not going to be people that obey the word, then what are we? It seems like we're overlooking the word and living by our own standards instead of the standard of God's word. And when we do that, We continue to take right hooks as a church, and the church continues to get a black eye week after week after week, it seems like. Some of these things that would come out seems like there would be a huge gap between them. Now, all of these things that are plaguing the church for bad reasons, the things that are happening seem to be coming one after one after one, just one after another. These things are popping up. And we have got to make sure that we, number one, we guard our own hearts. It is so easy to look at somebody like a Carl Lentz or a Robbie Zacharias or any other person that's caught in any kind of sin like that and say, well, that'll never be me. The minute we say that will never be me is probably the minute where we've just opened ourselves up to a world of temptation. So we must guard our own hearts. We must be in prayer daily, constantly, as the Bible teaches us, to pray without ceasing. We must be in the Word of God. We must take the Word of God and study it and read it and understand it and love it and cherish cherish it and do what the psalmist says and what Solomon has taught us, and, and that's to love the law, love the precepts of God, and to measure our life according to the law. Although we break the law, we fall, we don't measure up, there's grace. We strive for eternity. We strive to live a life of godliness. We submit ourselves to the word, and we submit ourselves to prayer, and we guard our hearts lest we too be tempted and fall. We have to not only guard our hearts, we have to watch out for one another. We have to care for one another. 
Christianity is not an island that we get on and live on by ourselves until Jesus comes back, but it's an island we're all on together. We're all in this together, so we should be watching out for one another, caring for one another, loving one another, and when there's arguments and frustrations and sin, we handle it biblically for the sake of unity. It sure is a a terrible thing to be stuck on an island with thousands of people, and maybe you only have a three-by-three-foot box to move. That's all you get. Think about this. This island's full of people, full of believers. You're in a three-by-three-foot box. That's all you can move. And then all of a sudden, there's divisions. People get started getting divided. They started getting angry. They start getting frustrated with one another. But you can't go anywhere. You still have that three-by-three-foot box. Can you think about how miserable that would be to be at odds with somebody right next to you and you can't leave? You're almost going to be forced to have to work it out for the sake of unity and for the sake of sanity, if you're in that kind of situation. Now, that's one of those situations that will never happen, right? We'll never be stuck in a three-by-three-foot box and can't move, and when there's divisions, there's nowhere to go. You can't get away from it. you got to deal with it. That's essentially what God is telling us in his word. Whenever there are divisions, whenever there is sin, we can't run from it. We have to deal with it, and we have to deal with it biblically. So we must watch out for one another, care for one another, love one another. And when issues arise, we deal with it according to God's standard and not our own. We have to also understand that many times things are going to happen in this world. We're going to see people live high on the hog, and they're going to make money by means of that we would say are, are not necessarily biblical. We would say they're unbiblical, again, uh, prosperity preachers and things like that. We'll use that for examples. But we see these things, and we say, well, man, look at this lifestyle they're able to live, yet they're distorting the word of God. We have to understand that our God is just. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Our God is righteous. So if there's anyone that is ever doing something contrary to the word, and you've done your part as a believer and tried to be biblical, you've tried not to go public, you've tried not to make a spectacle of the gospel, you've tried not to give the church another black eye, but this person continues on, it's okay just to bow out because God will do what God wants to do. He will take care of all things. So we must be ready and willing not to jump into a fight, but to bow out of a fight when we've done all that we can do and just let God deal with with it the way he wants to deal with it. We don't have to match people toe-to-toe, pound for pound. We don't have to go to the mat with people. We have to go to the Word. So I want you to keep these things in mind. Guard your hearts, watch out for one another, and trust the Lord in all things. Don't go to the ring or to the mat. Go to the Word. Strive for unity. Strive for peace. Try to live at peace with all men. And when there are disruptions in that, handle it biblically, not from a worldly standard. The world loves drama. The world loves gossip. The world loves to see it. And the world is watching the church right now, and we have failed big time. Right now is a time for unity, to stretch across the aisles, find common ground. Now, some things that we're going to talk through and find out that we can't fully stand on common ground, but that doesn't mean we have to be hateful, unloving, and uncaring. 
Just remember that. I would just use this as an example. I am not a social justice warrior, but I love my brothers and sisters that strive and advocate for those things. Do I agree with them? No. I, I strive for biblical justice. There are differences. This is not the episode for that. But I'm not going to look at my brothers and sisters that strive for social justice and be mean to them, degrading, condescending. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to blast them on social media or on YouTube. You'll never hear me call out a, uh, any of my brothers and sisters in any of these things. But that doesn't mean that I agree with them. And it's okay to agree to disagree, but you can still move forward in grace and love. I always tell people that you hold primary doctrines in a closed fist. All these other things, open fist, you can, there's room as long as it's within orthodoxy, right? So remember, we are in this for the glory of God, for the exaltation of Christ, for the building up of one another, and for the gospel to go forth from our lips to the world's. And if we are not unified together, that is going to be hard to do. I hope this has been helpful I hope that you would take a step back, breathe, get in prayer, and go to the Word and see how to handle each situation you may find yourself in. So until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to get a hold of me, if you have issues, concerns, uh, questions, anything like that, doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com. You can get me there, and uh, I will be responsive on that email address. I've taken a break from social media for a while. I, I, I'll hit some things every now and then, but for the most part, if that's where you want to get a hold of me and need to get a hold of me, I'd be glad to talk with you, hear from you. Doctrine Matters Podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, have a good week and God bless. <laughs>